Good morning. morning. Welcome to our service of worship this morning at All Saints Church here at Sunnyview Manor. It's always a joy and a gift to worship with all of you as we get to sing together, pray together, uh, dive into God's Word together, uh, and on a beautiful spring day, no less. Let's begin our service of worship today by singing the hymn, Come Thou Almighty King. The love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Those who love Jesus keep his words. Those who know Jesus will know his peace. Come, follow, and love Jesus our Lord, who has come to be among us. Bountiful God, you gather your people into your realm, and you promise us food from your tree of life. Nourish us with your word, that empowered by your spirit, we may love one another and the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now for our first scripture reading. The first lesson for today is from Acts 16, 9-15. More correctly, we should say the Acts of the Apostles. The author of Acts is the same author that wrote Luke. 
and Luke, we learn about the life of Jesus. And we have many things to unpack here because he had disciples or followers. The Acts of the Apostles are now the disciples going out and the word apostle means to carry on or bring out. So, so we have a lot of things to go over here. And this book is written to Theopolis. Now, Luke is also, now you can interpret that as a rich man who uh, may have uh, funded the writing of this book, or more loosely translated, it could mean friend of God. We also meet Lydia, who is a Gentile. So, let's go on with the reading. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Thrios, took a straight course to Samanthrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place to pray. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Theatra, and a dealer with, in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. And now, our psalm for today. Psalm 67, read responsibly. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known upon the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. And now for our next hymn, Holy God, we praise thy name.
now for our second scripture reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 10 and 22, through chapter 22, verse 5. And in the Spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there any more. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of our Lord. Within the past two weeks, we've experienced as a nation yet another mass shooting that took place uh, at the inspiration of racism and white supremacy. Over the past several months, a violent conflict has raged on in the country of Ukraine. It continues even though the news outlets at times don't cover it anymore. We've passed the two-year mark of a terrible pandemic that has swept the globe and taken the lives of more than one million people here in the United States alone. That's a terrible milestone, one million people. Parents struggle to find baby formula, gas costs skyrocket, rental costs skyrocket. I could go on and on, but I won't. You get the picture and you know the reality that I'm describing. It's a messy, broken, and suffering-filled world that we live in. That's the reality. Now the question is, what do we do in the face of that reality? 
How does our faith help us? How does it lead us to action? How does it give us a vision of hope for the future? One of the most compelling reasons for faith in Christian tradition is the vision revealed to us by God through the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Now, for most people, the book of Revelation is frankly a strange and somewhat scary book. It depicts imagery of beasts with many eyes and limbs, strange characters like a dragon and four horses. It talks about lakes of fire and judgment and a host of other very strange things. It takes a fair amount of homework and training to faithfully interpret this text. But even though there are mysterious and strange passages in this book, there are also some of the most inspiring and potent passages you will find anywhere in the scriptures. Case in point, our text from Revelation chapter 21 and 22 in the lectionary today, which I just read a few moments ago. This vision paints a picture loaded with hope. It's in this vision of restoration and eternal life which we find help and we are comforted in the fact that God confronts the darkness and tragedy we see all over the world. So I want to walk us through a few components of this vision, which I know will encourage and bless us today. First, in chapter 21, verses 22 through 27, John describes a city where the glory of God is the light. There's no more need for sunlight. In verse 24, John says, The kings of the earth will bring their glory into this city. Verse 26 says, people will bring in the glory and the honor of the nations. Now, if we didn't take time to sit with this for a moment, we might miss something extremely profound. What does it mean that the kings and the peoples of all nations will bring their glory into this city? It means that when we arrive in this city, there will be foods, music, art, dancing, color, and clothing from all over the world. There are components of every culture on earth that are good. Mexican tacos, (laughs) Swedish meatballs, Indian spices, Italian pastas, Irish step dancing, Russian ballet, Hawaiian hula, Native American headdresses, Swiss lederhosen, parkas, ponchos, kimonos, baseball caps, poetry, painting, sculpture, music, clothing, vibrant colors, wonderful music, sumptuous flavors and smells. The glory of the nations of earth will be welcome in the city of God. You know what that means? That means diversity is God's design. Diversity and equality and beauty, these are all found in God. Their source is in God. One day all these good things will be welcomed into the city of God, and God will dwell with people. God will be the very light of that city. That's a beautiful picture, amen? Amen. But John isn't done yet. There's more. The angel escorting John through this wondrous vision brings John to a river. And not just any river, not the murky, slow, winding Red Lake River where I grew up in northern Minnesota, not the raging Colorado River of the Rocky Mountains, not the heavily polluted Hudson River flowing next to New York City. This is the river of the water of life, 
bright as crystal, flowing in the middle of the street of the city. On either side of this wondrous river stands the tree of life, with twelve kinds of fruit, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Now maybe you didn't catch it, but the author was talking about how the fruit on the trees is born once a month for the whole year, meaning there's no season where you're lacking. Every season has enough food. Remember how I mentioned that the kings and peoples of the nations will bring their glory into the city. Well, just because they bring their glory in doesn't mean they don't still need healing. There will be no more night, no more darkness, no more evil, no more injustice, pain, or suffering. That's the picture God is painting for John in the book of Revelation, and one that he shares with us even 20 centuries later. Wow. I know I said this last week when I talked about the other part of first, the first portion of Revelation 21, but I have to say it again in Revelation 22. Wow. That's a wow factor text of Scripture. There will be, this will be the ultimate city of peace, joy, rest, unity, diversity, beauty, truth, and it will last forever. Well, now we've caught the vision. We see the wow factor. We know God's plan. The next question is, what difference does this vision make? How do we as followers of Jesus live now in the present, knowing that that's God's plan for the future? That's a great question. We could read this vision and we could sit back and think, wow, that sounds great, can't wait to see it, and then walk out the door, go on with our day, and forget all about it. Lose the vision. Lose the sight. Or, we can ask this follow-up question, how are we called to live in light of that future reality? What I want to do with the remaining portion of the message is offer you two simple invitations that will help you lean into this vision and find hope. First, as I walked us through the vision, I made a point to highlight how God's end goal involves honoring and embracing cultures from all over the world. One of the most powerful things about living where we live in Silicon Valley is the major intersection of culture and language that happens here. When I first moved to San Jose in 2017, about a week after I moved here, I went to Costco for some shopping. And in the period of time I spent in that store, maybe 45 minutes, I heard five different languages spoken. And it blew my mind. I loved it. But here's the thing. It's really easy to drift through life and connect with people who are like us. It takes tremendous work to reach out and engage people who are very different from us. To get to know them. To invest in living together in community with them. So, returning to the vision, God invites people from all nations to bring the glory of the nations into the city. We lean toward that vision when we honor and respect other people's culture, language, and customs. You may not speak Spanish. That's okay. But don't look down on someone else for whom that's their native language. You may not eat spicy food, and that's okay. But don't call it gross just because it's not what you're used to. 
You may not wear the same clothes or listen to the same music or fill in the blank with a thousand other things. That's okay. But be careful not to think that your culture is better than someone else's. Because in God's city, at the end of time, beauty and diversity will flow in from all cultures all around the world. John said it. The beauty and honor and glory of the nations will stream into this city. Second invitation, remember the river of living water and the trees with healing leaves. Once again, we might look at those and think, that's really, really nice, and I can't wait for that. And then we could walk out the door and forget all about it and let the vision drift away. But if this vision is to give us hope here in the present, in this messy, broken world, we have to lean into it and not just say, that sounds nice, and walk away. The beauty of this imagery is that it's both a promise of what God will do in the future and an invitation for what we can do in the present. We need to ask ourselves, how can I contribute to the healing of other people today? And I'm not just talking about physical healing. There's all kinds of healing. We're living in times where people, people are experiencing bitterness and cynicism and they're acting in abrasive ways toward each other and yelling at each other and mistreating each other. What does it look like for followers of Jesus to be peacemakers? People of peace. People who foster healthy conversation. Who model kindness and respect and love for all people. That's a healing practice. To talk kindly to people in a world filled with really mad and angry voices, that's a healing act. Additionally, when we listen to one another, we help heal each other. How well do we listen to one another when we talk to each other? Are we too busy to stop and listen? Are we too absorbed in our own priorities and stories to listen? Or do we take time to really hear one another? Healing can take many forms. By helping and serving, giving to one another, that's a healing act. So in one vision, this grand, powerful vision that God gives John, we have two invitations, one toward diversity, the other toward healing. This vision is meant to give us hope. It's meant to give us hope. That's the whole point of God giving visions to people in the scriptures. Look forward, God says. See what I'm about to do, God says. I have plans, God says. I hope and pray that each of us would experience God's power and encouragement this week to draw hope from this vision of God's future city. And in that hope, to live out our faith right here, right now, and pray the line from the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's continue in worship. We're going to be singing our next hymn, Blessed Assurance. <laughs> Oh, 
invite you to join me in our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. and valleys, of the dry places and oceans, your voice speaks to us across creation, as we offer gifts to you and speak our words of gratitude. Help us to hear your voice anew. Give us ears to hear, faith to believe, and determination to truly listen to how you would send us into a hurting world. In Christ we pray. As we come to the time of the prayers of the congregation, I, would, I just want to invite you this morning, if you're gathering with us in worship and there's something weighing heavy on your heart that you'd like prayer for, that could be something going on in your own life or something in the life of someone else, maybe a friend, a family member, uh, or a deep concern about what's going on in our world. Uh, if there's something you'd like prayer for, I invite you to indicate that at this time by raising your hand. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the compelling vision you gave John in the book of Revelation of a city filled with light where there is all that we could ever need, peace and joy. So as we bring these prayers before you, Lord, we rely on that vision for hope. We lean toward it. We thank you that you hear our prayers for each and every one of our brothers and sisters in here who just raised their hand, for the situations in their own lives, for the things they're concerned about for others, for the scenarios or challenges that they're asking for prayer regarding our world and its condition, we lift these up to you. We entrust them to your care. We thank you that you hear every one of our prayers. No prayer is lost on you. And so, Lord, we bring these before you and we lay them at your feet. Help us. Give us faith. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now I invite you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our final hymn, O Love Divine, O Love Excelling. shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thank you, God.